came down to play on the weekend. Car broke down as he pulled into Central Reserve, the $95,000 Porsche. The tow truck arrived midway through the second quarter, and I kid you not, we've got photos of this. He comes to the bench, goes off, and he's like in full kit behind the bench negotiating with the tow truck driver, giving him the address, (laughs) getting his car towed mid-game. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dills Tills has the photos of that, but one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, and we were up by about 80 points at the time. And the other the other team was just demoralized when a bloke can just walk off the field and do with his, get his, his car towed. <laughs> it's a grand old fang, it's a high flying fang, it's the emblem for me and for you. It's the well, it's been a six or seven week hiatus, but we are back. Welcome to the Nodcast for around, I don't know, late July 2022. It's good to be back. Uh, welcome, as always, to Rob Mann and Jake Charman. How are you, boys? I was waiting for the call for the last six weeks by the phone and glad you um, sent, one, sent the link through. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, we probably do owe the listeners out there a bit of an explanation because it has been a very, very long hibernation over winter for us. Um, some of you might know that one of the, well, probably the star of the podcast, Jake Charman, who went solo a few weeks before we finished up with his own version, made it come back to football and announced to us through a very, very long statement over text message that he was going to be pulling back from the Nodcast duties for a while while he focused on his thirds career with his comeback. And so I, it's I, taken I, us a while I, to convince him out. It was, I heard it was... Because his housemate hadn't paid the Wi-Fi bill, I thought that was the reason that he wasn't being able to jump on the on Zooms the last few weeks. It's a funny theory that because as soon as we asked his housemate to come on the podcast, suddenly it was all all working again. The Wi-Fi is back on. I see the lights are on in the background. Looks like five G as well. It looks pretty impressive what they got. Any any commentary on that one, Jake? Any truth to that? Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's good being back playing footy, I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, I've, I saw the, uh, the thirds, um, the performances were, were quite quite good and they were zooming up the ladder. So I thought I'd, I'd better try and sneak in before finals. And, um, yeah, and then with the Wi-Fi thing, yeah, that, that's also true. Tom's been, uh, you know, he, he's been sort of avoiding paying the bills. So... So it's good to, just to just to clear things up. Who, who's your housemate? Uh, Tom McKenna yeah, plays plays in the ones at, at the nod. So um, right, bit okay. of a bit so, of a superstar down there. So yeah, and a big welcome to Tom, who we've got on the nodcast this evening. A bit of a oh, star, star of the uh, star of the very famous Star Wars themed video that went viral last year. Great to have you on, Tom. Welcome back to the club, and welcome to the nodcast. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Good to be here. What's it like? It's Delph. What, what's it like with Tom? No, what's well, it like with you? Well, I think you can tell from his podcasting ability, it's about as good as his uh, ability to be a housemate. Um, no, nah, he's, he's, he's very easy going. He's very easy going, I must say. Um, is you're going to turn a blind some things, but. Does he talk with the monotone at home or is that just a performance type thing? Yeah, he's he's honestly just here for laughs. He, it's, he's always giving you a smile, something to laugh about. So in, increases house morale is what we put it down to. So is it just you two or is there anyone else in the house? Yeah, so we've actually got uh, Lockie, my middle brother, 
and his girlfriend M, who plays in the girls' team. Gosh. And, okay, go, and so. going back, going back to the comments about the uh, internet bill, we've actually been paying it the whole time because Rocky's <laughs> um, he's kicking off his streaming career, so he's Ooh. he's big, big on Twitch and um, streaming Fortnite, uh, you name it, Minecraft, Minecraft, yeah, um, Roblox. He's just got into as well, so and that, and he watches Sidemen as well. I think, yeah. yeah. What, what's his okay, what's so his handle or username or whatever they go by on the Twitch devices these days? It just for the uh, listeners out there, do we know? It's nice and easy. It's Halaya. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good plug. And um, are we getting some? Is he getting a lot of subscribers? A lot of a lot of viewers? I think I think he's you know trying to get a few going. He's, he's trying to piggyback off Richmond uh, player Jack Ross, I think. So trying yeah, to get in right. there and sort of trying to do a bit of a duo thing there. Um, I understand I some of the some of the other guys in the team, like your Jack Sullivan's and that. They're they're involved in some of those streams. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. They're all Rafa. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're a bit of. I think they they like playing their Call of Duty together. So you know, a bit of a throwback to the, you know. The, what is it like the World War Two style game? Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, Modern Warfare Two. I think for some of our older audience, um, we've just lost them, so they might have just tuned out for a few minutes yeah. about what we're talking about. But good to hear that uh, Lockie's got a budding career ahead of him. Well, we'll um, we'll we'll stop talking about that so we can welcome Butch and others back to the to the podcast. Listening, just one final question before we move to our, our second guest for the night. We've um. We've we've got a few bit of a backlog after seven weeks of break, so we're we're doubling them up from now on. Um, if is it, there's got to be some sort of rule around kind of too much Mazenod talent living in the same house, just like yeah, a bit like how the Queen, a royal family, flies on different planes. Is um, I feel like we'd be in a bit of trouble if that place burnt down, because especially if Jake was the one to identify it, because his tone wouldn't change, and no one had realised there was danger. Fire! But, fire! Yeah, is there? But no, is there, I don't know. Just, just don't don't move anyone else in because yeah, I feel like the club will struggle a bit. Um, moving on though, the from a different house, um, our other guest this evening, and and we've done very very well to get this guest on, given she's going to play in a in a final series in a few days' time. Um, someone who hasn't left the club, unlike our our, our other guest, and a talk of Elise D'Angelo. Elise, welcome to the Nodcast. Thanks, team. Thanks for having me. Um, is this how does this rank up in terms of life achievements with playing oh. a final weekend? Playing a final weekend or being on the nodcast? Both. Like which which one's a more little impressive bit of both. or Ooh. Oh, they're both up there. I've been waiting quietly in the background to get a call <laughs> to the nodcast. Um no finals is always huge. I know. And there's a couple to pick from, and you picked right. Yeah. So it's a good start. Sorry, you must be excited for the finals. Obviously, um, I, I'd say uh, your team was the last team to play finals that we've had at the club um, a couple of years ago. So do you want to tell yeah. us about that day and excited oh. to get some retribution this season? <laughs> yeah, that probably was the last. We had an awesome turnout that day. Um, is that in Keysborough down there? Those yeah, that sporting was grounds down there? And that was, yeah. that was in 2019. Yeah, it would have been. So, yeah, we had our girls' team make, I think it was our Resi's girls' team make the grand final back in 2019. 
um, and got pummeled pretty much till three-quarter time until Georgia Anderson gave us a roofer of a speech. Um, and then we kicked a hell of a lot of goals but a hell of a lot more points and then we lost by two points. So that was a bit of a heartbreaking moment, that one. So hoping to change the story this time around. Absolutely. So the fire of it. Going in pretty yeah. confident before the finals? Um, yeah, always confident. We're very lucky we've got both our women's teams going into finals. So um, our women's uh, seniors finished third in the end. So they have got, they're kind of in that knockout phase. So they'll play this weekend. Uh, they're playing Sunday at three o'clock, I believe. And then our resis, we finished first undefeated, which was nice. Um, so we'll just have that second chance and we're playing Sunday at one o'clock. So very exciting times for the Nodettes. We're very excited. Are they are both those games out at Trevor Barker Oval as well, back to back? Yeah, big ground. We've had a couple of girls scouting, getting some videos and photos, and it looks like a big oval. So we'll see how we go. A bit of wind too down there, I reckon. Yeah, it's always windy. It's nice. mm. So who, who are the reserves playing and who are the seniors playing? The reserves are playing Richmond Central and the seniors also Richmond Central, Jack? Hawthorne, aren't they, the seniors? Yeah, Hawthorne. Just knocked, Hawthorne. We knocked them off a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully we can keep that trend going. Yeah. Exciting now, times. As, as, a, uh, as a player um, going into a final series, how much pressure do you think there is on the goal-kicking coach? Oh, immense amounts of pressure. If you watch any of the girls' games, we just want to have more goals and points. But so far, I don't know how successful we've been. So a bit of pressure on our forward coach. And especially, you know, August time of the year, it's probably the windiest month. <laughs> so to to pinpoint him this time of year, it's quite difficult. So I'm sure the, the goalkeeping coach has got his um, work cut out the best of times. <laughs> that was obviously um, confident in him, though, because he, he gave him the keys to the, um, the ship last, last week. Um, he, he took training by himself, I think, for the oh, first no. time. So had the, had the notepad and pen out, ready to go. He did. Um, <laughs> talk, us, so. talk us through the session, Elise. What, what was the how it was good. The it was really good. Um, he did have his little notes there, which we appreciate, and his cheat sheet out, which was gorgeous. Um, but no, it was good. It was fast paced. We moved around a lot, which is good. Um. We did some was like. Was there an extensive warm up? Was there some, you know, sort of. There was. There was. What do you call that? Injury preventing, focusing yeah. on all our major muscles in all our legs and things like that. Lots of jumping squats for our knees and all that sort. So we were well and truly warmed up. The plyometrics, Elise. That's it. The, the pli- biometrics. The, no, the, pli- <laughs> the plyometrics. The plyometrics. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you how much I know. Anyway, we loved it. It was great. Um, got us up and about. What else did we do? We did some quarterback handballs. We did oh, a little bit of some, yes, yeah, some, oh, some snaps. That was difficult. But, yeah, we did some snaps. Um, and we did some we don't sprint. want to give too much away to Richmond Central who might be listening in. To, uh, <laughs> they're definitely listening in. How we're, they how will we're be. Feed the ball back out of stoppages to the quarterback. We might not want to tell them that. So. It's very true. Keep it closer to our chest. We did have a uh, St. Bees girl comment on one of our girls posting from our win on the weekend. So there's already a little bit of uh, tension Ooh. brewing. Wow. Oh. So Beads finished know. top, right, in the in the women's Div 1 or the C-section. So the, they're the team to beat? Uh, yeah, for our senior girls, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Mm. So beads and Richmond Central are both very strong. They, they, yeah. This is like when I was in under 19s, we, we played the grand final. We were immense underdogs. And our coach told us before the game that the opposition had already booked the party bus to bring and pick them oh. up straight from the ground afterwards, <laughs> which was completely untrue, but it did get everyone fired up. So <laughs> you've got to be careful in finals giving too much ammunition. I feel like some beads might be playing with fire. Yeah. Um, let's before we'll, we'll, we'll delve into all the teams in a minute but we probably do owe it to the Mazinog community out there to give a bit of a recap about what's been going on across the club over the last seven or eight weeks so it's uh it's been a pretty busy time on field and we'll get to that a little bit later but we have been doing really well we've got all teams in a position to play finals which is fantastic mm-hmm. um, however on and off field there's been a lot of other stuff going on which has been great the the first one um and in no particular order was we had our reverse raffle a couple of weeks ago, which was a, was a big successful night from what I hear. Um, I actually couldn't get there, but um, Jake and Tom, I believe you guys were in the house. You might be well positioned to give us a bit of a recap. Yeah, for sure. Well, I might let Tom just give you, give you the info on this one. It was a pretty amazing night. So yeah, it was a great night. Um, everyone had a good time, good food, good company. Um, bar was set up and the raffle was even better because the uh, the punters club um, consisting of about 10 or 11 of the guys from the club ended up getting up including Jake and myself so oh. <laughs> this is this is like Deegs last year this is yeah. ridiculous Who and the worst part is De- Deegs was in it again oh, oh no <laughs> oh, back to back that's absurd so, I know who else is in it? Who, who else is in that punters club that got some of the rewards? Franny Koleski, that, that was a bit sus. Everyone wasn't liking that. Wait, one. wait. So Franny, so he he's, he wasn't involved in the running of the function, though, was he? Social coordinator Francis Koleski. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> who was in charge of pulling the tickets. Oh, no. uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't have. He couldn't have. So in, in all seriousness, he it, it was actually Blair that was in charge of the winning yeah, ticket at the start. Yeah. So was, was, was she was in, the, in the punters club as well? Just yeah. easy, <laughs> oh, we, 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 we had to give her a bit so she'd get her <laughs> to the table. But. Uh, very good. Any, anyone Aiden, else? Aiden, in... Aiden Noon's in that as well, isn't he? Yes. Aiden Noon, Billy Campbell, Tim Johnson, Ooh. Jake, myself, Deegs, Benny Riley. Oh, no wonder you won. You got half the tickets. Yeah, oh, we, won about, we, won, we won about three bucks each. But <laughs> I can no, confirm they were very excited. I did hear a few people after a few beverages screaming they were going to use that money to get them all to Vegas. So I was interested <laughs> to see how they were going to get that many there. But they were very happy people. Um, yeah, the Vegas room at Waverly Gardens. Oh, it's good. I used to work there, actually. It's a beautiful establishment. We, we give them a plug, but they're not a sponsor. So just head down to... <laughs> Frank Zero Club. That's surely, a... surely an open corp investment for the punters club. Get into the property. Yes. Hey. Well, open corp is a much safer investment than a ticket in the reverse raffle, I can assure you. <laughs> I've been around for 20 years and I've never never even collected. Um, oh so, so, so that was reverse raffle. We also had Pride Round, which was a big, big moment in the Mazinog calendar. Um, uh, Elise, that was that was. I might get you to talk to that one because that was one that was yeah. doing really well out of the uh, the women's team. Yeah, definitely. So last year we were lucky enough. Um, we played Brunswick Renegades 
and it was an initiative they'd started. So they asked us if we would be keen to jump on board. And then this year, um, the committee decided that instead of it just being our women's teams, that it would also filter through to our men's and our under-19s. So it was awesome. We all wore um, rainbow socks to show inclusivity and um, us rallying around our queer community. And I know for the girls, it was a great time for people to just share stories and feel loved and feel supported. And we were so lucky and we loved Pride Round so much that the women did it twice. <laughs> we had it uh, when all the boys had it. And then we also had it when we played Brunswick Renegade, Renegades two rounds ago, I think it was. So we did double Pride Round. That's how much we enjoyed it. Fantastic. And you get double wearage out of socks, which of course exactly is very right. cost effective in this inflationary <laughs> environment. Um, the Speaking of the socks, actually, because a few of the guys I know in our team rocked up being told there were rainbow socks to wear, didn't bring any other socks. And they were very oh, thick yes. socks that didn't they necessarily get to wear footy boots. So, um, oh. But, but I'll, I'll have pride around every week because we won by 200 points in our team. So clearly it's a, it's a very, very good um Initiative Very good omens. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There was, there was actually a few guys that um, I saw in the ones, Ryan Lavery and Nick Scusi, that actually cut the bottom of the socks off and, and um, like a, a soccer player um, has had the Mazinod socks underneath and then Ooh. had the, the rainbow pride round socks over the top just hey. to stole the shoe out a bit more. I went, I went to triple sock, actually. I normally wear double and then I thought I'd go the, the, the third pair over the top. <laughs> so. How yeah, many more before you don't bother boot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was obviously another great one and a really good initiative that I'm sure the club will continue on for many years to come. Um, and the yeah. other one, which both Tom and Elise are involved in, uh, which has been a new thing this year, but has been fantastic um, to see the various initiatives that they've come up with across the club, um, which is the wellbeing committee. So um, uh, we did mention it on a podcast earlier in the year, but might throw to you guys the first time we've actually had members um, who are driving that on. So, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about what it's about and some of the stuff that you guys have been rolling out across the club? Yeah, so the Mazenod Wellbeing Committee was formed this year um, as the idea of Brendan Neal, who's trying to be and put it in the works for a while. Um, but basically the whole idea of the wellbeing committee, um, committee is a healthy club equals a successful club. So focusing on some of those key pillars of the club, the physical, mental, social, community aspects. Um, the committee basically is there to help um, support and guide members of the Mazenod community um, that may be struggling or may know people that are struggling um, with mental health issues or any issues, basically. Um, but we have uh, come together, had a few meetings um, over the course of the year and tried to implement some things for um, the Mazenod community and the, the Mazenod playing group. Um, so the, the committee is made up of Brendan Neal, Craig Todd, Michael Scammell, Rod Hubbard, Helen Sherlock, Josh Webster, Elise, Liam Riley, myself and Harry Bokshaw from the under 19. So if anyone needs any help at all, these are your go-to people around the club. Um, you can speak to your coaches and, and that sort of thing as well. But these are the, the ded dedicated mental health first aiders. Um, and I might throw to Elise to talk about yeah. some of the initiatives that we've um, tried to get going. 
Yeah, definitely. So we definitely got all the people on our committee, but we also had, I think it was 16, maybe Tom, people um, do the mental health first aid course um, a little earlier on in the year, which was super uh, super beneficial, um, which I think we also got a little bit of funding to maybe get some more people to do that. Um, So definitely recommend it if you see that email come through over the next period of time. Um, Beneficial, not just in our football club, but in everyday life so yeah lots of things I guess we want our well-being committee to be super holistic we're playing at a footy club so your physical health super important but uh, we've been doing some yoga classes so um, there's been some people getting down to that obviously that's stretching out all your sore body but um, it's also really nice to just be um, a bit still um, but I dragged Aiden uh, to one session and halfway through he said, oh, it's a bit harder than he thought. I think he thought we we're all going to lay there and just have a nap. But it is, it's a bit of a workout. They say it's a bit of yin and yang. So you work hard and then you get to lay down a little bit more at the end. But um, I know that um, Brendan Neal and the committee has been working really hard. So we've got some signs and posters up around the club, but as always open to any suggestions and just trying to make our club the best and most supportive it can be really. That's fantastic. Um, I know that yoga has been very popular on a Monday night for both sore bodies and for people just to get a bit more socialisation into the week. Yeah. Um, but anyone wants to laugh as well. Yeah. Uh, watching Maddie, Maddie Fewings trying to do the yoga is... His oh. <laughs> <laughs> downward dog and three-legged dog are quite a laugh. What's the, so what time does that kick off on a Monday and at, at Central? Yeah, at Central in the club room. It kicks off at, is it 7.30? 7.30. Yeah, it is 7.30. And that's running um, between now and the end of the season or? Yeah, so till the end of season, we've been very lucky um, to use some funding so that the club can provide that for free. So you can come every Monday or just the Mondays that work for you. But, yeah, it's always good for the social side. People chat before and after and, yeah, it's always worth a couple of giggles. Liam Sherlock does a couple of giggles. We have to do a baby's pose. It's not his favourite. So there's always some good chuckles in there too, so. It's good fun. So get down if you can. Give it a go. It's got free of charge as well. I know this the Pilates studio and the yoga studio near me, it's about $90 an hour. So a bit <laughs> more economic down at Glenway at the, at the footy club. Two, yeah, two guys definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing there. Uh, definitely Tom Warby. You're always raving about his cat cow. <laughs> and, uh, the, the other one is Aiden Noon because he does a ripper cat cat. Surely, surely he'd be going. Yeah, that's, he'd have an, an audience for um, his moves. <laughs> I, I, just, I saw Aiden kick six on the weekend. I just assumed he was going because oh. career best form. That's, hey, yeah. that's our lead story for the, our review. Did you go easy? So we've got six weeks of reviews. I'm sure you can find something else in there. Um, the, the, the final one just from around about the club, and this one hasn't happened yet, but just very exciting. And, and listeners from last year will know how up and about we get on the Nodcast at the prospect of an upcoming M Factor. So the announcement's gone out. We're back. COVID's behind us and the M Factor stage will be set up again for 2022. Um, I'm sure we'll probably be able to cover this more in the lead up, but um, initial reactions from you guys. Uh, I'm sure it, it, we're hearing bits and pieces around who might be competing, some acts that perhaps got themselves ready. I know the the whole family grew their hair out for last year's performance and have presumably <laughs> just kept growing it to roll the act over to this year. Um, any others you guys are hearing in the works? Yeah, the, in fact, uh, 
I think it's happening at the club on the 27th of August. So a bit, bit different this year. Bit, yeah, like you said, a bit of a talent quest. So unlike previous years, um, you know, trying to get that inclusivity going with, you know, the men and the women at the club and hopefully, you know, getting to perform in front of people. Um, but I hear, I hear someone's going to do maybe a stand-up comedy routine, I think, just exclusively on one of one-liners. So I don't know who that could be, but... Are you talking to third person? Oh, I never speak in third person, you know that. Jake never speaks in third person. <laughs> what about, um? isn't the Wilson family doing something? I heard last time. I heard They're Steve's like- getting the bathtub back from uh, 2017. He's, he's, finally, he's finally chiseled the blood that's been staying to it from uh, the infamous uh, frozen performance so that'll be uh, yeah that'll be good to have him back and, and have the bathtub back they're still cleaning up the um confetti from the <laughs> I, I heard the wellsfords were doing a um like a bit of a von trap family sort of sound and music style thing on a staircase that's what i'd that... heard that's what i'd heard that'd be interesting to see the uh the d'angelo's V the McKenna's, V the Wellspins. You know, three <laughs> real strong houses that are... You know, Game of Thrones style. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> well, you did and mention like, the uh, the Star Wars video before. Maybe we might have to bring out a live action. Ooh. <laughs> and we do know what happens at the end of that story. So. <laughs> well, Beacon Spiel might should... come and take Tommy at the end of the... Uh... <laughs> I'm sure it will be very, very exciting um, regardless. Uh, if any listeners out there, uh, and, and a shout-out to all the people, by the way, who who gave us whispers while we were doing no podcasts. <laughs> um, I had the exclusive from Georgia Anderson that we were going to have a, um, a, a, a attendee at training in a drag queen during the week, which would have been a great story to break if I wasn't doing it five weeks after the fact. Um, but so shout-out to everyone that has given us info, but... Now we're back. Um, if you've got any inside scoops around some of the M-Factor contenders, please let us know. We'd love to break the news here. Um, so let's let's move on and get a little bit into match review. So we talked a little bit about the girls before, but I think with finals this week, maybe we'll, we'll do a bit deeper. So um, Elise, maybe let's start with the, the Resi's women who are top yeah. of the table and looking very nice going into finals. Um, h- how are you feeling? Who are some of the... The, the kind of key players who you expect to, to lead the way over the final series and, yeah, what's the level of confidence going into finals this week? Yeah, no, I'm quietly confident. We did, we are very lucky, finished on top of the table without losing a game, but there were definitely some close ones throughout the season. Um, this round just passed, we had a special uh, person play, someone chuck on their jumper and shorts, which was uh, Georgia Anderson, decided to put the boots back on. So that was a bit of fun. She um, snagged us a goal, which was very exciting. There was a lot of pressure for her to get a goal. So it was nice to see her back with her boots on, um, juggling the coach's board and also playing at the same time. So, um, but yeah, we've had an awesome end of the season. We've had some really tough games, which are kind of getting you in that mentality for finals football. Um, I think by the end of our season, which was last week, we'd had everyone on our team kick at least a goal which was awesome. Wow. So, Yeah, which was a big one. That's I think we cool. had Tilly. 
Tilly and Pre were our last ones and we were just pummeling it into them in the forward line and you've never seen two girls under so much pressure to try and kick a snag, but it was well and truly worth it. So, yeah, to my knowledge, they've all kicked a goal at the Mazinot Football Club. So going in very excited, bit nervy, but very excited. So, yeah, Rezzy's lucky that we've got um, that second chance, but hoping to win on Sunday so we get that week's break and then head straight into the grand final if all goes well. So fingers and toes crossed for that. I just saw Jakey adding that, that stat to his resume um, for a moment there. <laughs> every every woman in the reserves team kicked a goal. That's a fair record for them. That's very rare. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah it's well, pretty we, good. We don't discriminate with the forwards and backs. Like, you know, we just get everyone, <laughs> everyone kicked a goal. That's why, crush, that's why crush, in training crush. I was doing the, the snapping drill. And everyone was doing <laughs> You didn't see the backs off to the side just doing some punching drills. I was getting the backs two snaps. <laughs> Rob, that takes, yeah, I reckon, yeah. I, the last time I saw that was you in under nines with trying to get Maddie Chong a goal. Yeah. Near the yeah, last that, one. The team was Yeah, like, we didn't, didn't quite get him over the line. Warbs, Warbs broke the team rule and dog one from 50 instead of sharing it around. But, uh. <laughs> I, I, my, my memory of it was Tom Warby smothered him in the square and then kicked it himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he liked to go back then. He definitely did. Uh, but, you know, I think he, he said enough's enough. We're not sharing where we hit goals. So. We had similar in uh, our Baffer Colts record-breaking um, premiership year in 2014. We actually had everyone kick a goal uh, bar Lockie McInery. And we oh. yeah, were trying to get him a goal whole season. And, yeah, no luck. What about, so I, I don't want to digress too much because I know we're, we're talking about the women, but just quickly, the great tragedy of that season is that Jake decided to take the year out. Is that right? Can we talk about that just quickly? Oh. Jake decided to focus on his studies instead of playing in a premiership. <laughs> We've never let him live it down because all his best mates decided to get together and win a flag without the great man himself, so... You know, you know, back then, you know, you got to respect your parents' wishes, and you know, the ATAR was really high on the agenda. And unfortunately, my result did not reflect that. So, <laughs> thanks, mum and dad. And and the next eight years at university really doubled down on the uh, the study too. Yeah, yeah, it made it. It made it just you know really worth it. Those last eight years, just thinking about me missing out on that grand final <laughs> year after year. So. But quite miraculous that you'd win the flag, considering that you had one of your best players from your year level and a future team of the year player not in the squad. Yeah, well, you know, if anyone wants to know or yeah, find out about that team of the year, year I'll let them know, but it's all good. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, well, Steve. Hopefully remedy you. that empty trophy cabinet for you this year, Jake, um, oh. in the thirds. But at least the uh, senior women, um, so... How how's things shaping up there? Finished third, as you said, knocked Hawthorne off a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. So going with a bit of confidence, you think? So how, yeah. how are they feeling? Yeah, it's been a really tight competition for our senior women. There's those top four teams, I think Jake would agree, are really um, close. So they're massive competition. Sometimes, you know, it's only a matter of a few kicks between a win and a loss up there. So it's been good. They've got some massive leaders up there. We've had a few more girls get 50 games probably since the last Nogcast. We had Bridie and Abby and Erin, and then just most recently we had um, Blair play her 50 games. So some of those girls um, that played in that first year. So good to see some milestones. So 
our senior team's got a lot of experience, you know, with girls like that and people like Claudia Maguire and so they've got all the wisdom in the world. It's just putting it into practice. So, yeah, they'll play Hawthorne this weekend and hopefully I'm sure we'll snag a win and then we'll head their way through the finals as well. So very exciting time for the women's team. And like you said, all our teams are well and truly in finals contention, which is awesome considering we've got nine teams, including our all abilities teams. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is fantastic. And um, the, the the two feeder teams, we haven't covered them a lot on the Nodcast this year because we lost our spy, um, Tom Stanley, last year, who used to send us very inaccurate but at least regular notes <laughs> on the Panthers. Unfortunately, we've we've lost him this year. He um, had a disagreement with the management. So if anyone out there wants to give us a bit of a, bit, bit of a rundown, we're very keen to plug. And Jake, I think you've got down there and seen a couple of games, haven't you? Yeah, I actually just... Spoke to our, he can be our new Mr. Stanley. I spoke to, you know, uh, naming you in. He, uh, oh, yeah. On, it was on Thursday night after training. He said, um, apparently both teams are second on the ladder and, uh, they only lost to the top team by, I think, a couple goals. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully our, our Panthers all abilities teams are, you know, definitely in the chance with, you know, winning a, win a flag as well, which would be really exciting. Speaking of uh, Nam, he, uh, he he loves getting around the the Mazenod senior training on a Thursday, and actually he rocked up in a very fresh Western Bulldogs Indigenous round kit that he Ooh. won at, at auction on the Western Bulldogs website. Hi. Um, he had he had uh, a player whose name is escaping me on the back, but Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker, that was the one. Ooh. So he was he was quite proud of that, and then he actually. He shot me a message the next day, and he he said, "Hey, mate, do you do you know how to get um, mud off a jumper without ruining a, a CB charm? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been sliding around in the central reserve wing." So, oh, no. oh, yeah. do you know what he paid at auction? Out of curiosity, because that that would have been a keenly sought after jumper, I assume. Yeah, I think it was like eighty bucks or something. So- no, it was, he paid an arm and a leg. I reckon it was. At least a few hundred, I reckon. Ooh. Yeah, surely. Yeah. The jumpers alone are 80 bucks. He does well for himself, Nami, so. Yeah, he does. Oh, oh, man, off the field from what I hear. Lucky, lucky Nam wasn't there at the uh, reverse raffle. There's always a few people buying back in late, so he could have maybe really put up put up some large figures for large sums to um get over the line. I know. I know Nick Noon and uh, Tom Warby and Simon Hall were bidding late to come back hard and strong, but yeah, lucky Nam wasn't there for that. Oh, yeah, Dill and Dills is a great proponent of the illogical high late bid. Um, <laughs> if you ever want to see some people make bad financial decisions, just get down to the reverse the raffle or the beer pong <laughs> late in the session where they auction off the chance to get back in and people will bid a thousand bucks for the chance to win 500 sort of stuff. That's what goes on. So talking about uh, good financial decisions, um, maybe we should give a quick plug to mm. the open corp um, information night. We've got tomorrow night, Wednesday. I see Jake nodding his head as he just um, thinks about his future finances and investments. So it <laughs> could be a good opportunity for people that are looking to get into the investment or housing investment to um, come down and get a little bit of information. I know that, you know, they've had these sessions over the years and many people have um, invested in property through OpenCorp. So it might be something they're interested in. 
you know, obviously no, um, there's no compulsion, but something that they might want to educate themselves around. Tommy, you, you have you think about wandering down? Yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've been um, investing through OpenCorp for about a year and a half now. Uh, one of the good things with OpenCorp that they do is uh, their resi funds. So like you think about property investment and this sort of thing, you think, oh, you need lots of money. You, you actually don't. So the resi fund is designed to um, open up to the, the young people, um, people who don't have like as much income as uh, maybe someone who's been working quite a lot longer. Um, but it's just a, another way of investing um, and looking after yourself in the future. So would highly recommend. Yeah, nice. So yeah, tomorrow night uh, on Wednesday night, if you um you're listening yeah. this today, tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get this out before Wednesday night, probably tonight for those listening. Um, and and you get the added bonus as well as financial security for the rest of your life. You also get to look through the glass and watch the third strain, which is a pretty exciting <laughs> thing of itself. So uh, might even catch the end of the women's team as both both squads prepare for finals. So can't really turn that down on a Wednesday night. Not many better options out there. <laughs> there must be, I hear there's a, a $95,000 Porsche um, getting driven around in the thirds team, Steve. So oh, wow, there was. Lots of investments. There was. I'm, I'm going to um, I'm gonna completely out this. And we've got the photographic evidence of this, which is hilarious. So um, Scotty Veltman, who those who've been around the club a while will know very, very good ones player over the years who's in his 40s now and he's just sort of um, maturing out in the paddock that is the, the clubbies. He does pretty well for himself in the, uh, in the boardroom and has a fairly expensive vehicle he drives around. Came down to play on the weekend. Car broke down as he pulled into Central Reserve, the $95,000 no. Porsche. No. The tow truck arrived midway through the second quarter, and I kid you not, we've got photos of this. He comes to the bench, goes off, and he's like in full kit behind the bench negotiating with the tow truck driver, giving him the address, <laughs> getting his car towed mid-game. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dills Tills has the photos of that, but one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, and we were up by about 80 points at the time, and the other the other team was just demoralised when a bloke can just walk off the field and do with his... Get his, his car towed. <laughs> so, um, yes, was a $95,000 car in the thirds. Now there's a um, there's a pile of scraps there, but he'll no doubt come up with something good for his next vehicle. Um, but while we're on the thirds, may as well may as well go there next. So, um, Jakey, as the as the newest thirds player, you can probably give the summary here. The, uh, the two third sides, one round to go as we head into the finals. Both teams having locked away finals. Um, you've been around for a few weeks. Do you want to want to run us through a bit of a, a summary on the blues and the whites? Well, the uh, oh, geez, I'm I'm not very familiar with the colours and what actually teams. <laughs> They they resemble, but the, the team that is in uh, the thirds section three, they the blues, have yeah. been doing. What, what, what color is that? Sorry, Steve. That's the blues. Yeah, the <laughs> blues. The blues have been doing very well. Um, I, I sort of played my first game there about I think six weeks ago down at Richmond Centrals, and I was a bit sort of skeptical about sort of how the boys would play and, and the ball movement and. Uh, you know, by half time, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, the ball was zinging around, and um, I think, I think your uh, your father John has been sort of bragging that potentially the thirds would, would beat our reserves team. And I've got to say, I think I think they give them a red hot crack. 
I, I would really back the thirds. I really would. But um, I think, yeah, seriously, though, if the thirds were in um, the, the Resi's division um, in C-grade, I, I genuinely think they'd be top four right now, like without a doubt. So that's that's what we're looking at with that team. It's very impressive that, that there's mm. a lot of guys that had previously played ones before at, at Mazenod. So it sort of highlights the strength of that team. Um, a big game this week too, isn't it? Don't we have a big, big game this week? Yeah, top of the table, um, Clash, 1v2, Mazenod second, Williamstown's undefeated, but we uh, get to play him on the home deck there at Central at 9.30am on Saturday morning, so um, very the exciting. Home ground advantage up for grabs to the winner? Yes. So we finish the top, we get to home final, and, and, and we've got a high percentage, so yeah, home final on the line. So Yeah, so yeah, pretty big Clash there. Two weeks, um, so you'll play this team two weeks in a row? Yeah, well, there's a there's a world where you play them three times in a row because if you're claaming the second semi and then play get, go straight to the grand final, you could play them again. But um, so, yeah, I, I know, I know you won't give away too much. Um, but so do we do we play our cards close to our chest this week, or do we go all out of soul? How how much how much is the home ground advantage worth? Steve, I'll leave that to you. Oh, it, it's always valuable. Um, we, we we play central well. Um, I think we'll we'll play a we'll play our best team. Um, you don't, yeah. Uh, I think even but if Steve, home ground advantage isn't on the line, Steve. Sorry, still, just a, just about that best team. I don't think we will be playing our best team, unfortunately, due to our superstar wing Steve Mann actually pinging a little hammy last week. Is that how's that going for you? Uh, yeah, oh, Steve's, Steve's always said he's never done a soft tissue injury. Surely he hasn't done. <laughs> I've, I've I've never missed a game through injury, and um, this is this is probably going to break that streak. But I did, I did. It, it wasn't wasn't great. Um, I must say for about game two hundred and seventy odd first first injury or first soft tissue injury. But um, I did go down and see the wonderful people at Narry North Osteo yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> setup I feel down like there. You, I've made this whole narrative up just so you could drop that in. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I, so I genuinely. How, how was Gusty? How was Gusty? Well, Gusty wasn't happy to see me because I've obviously not been that complimentary about the building facade. Um, the last time I drove past there, and obviously never being injured before, I've never had to go in. But um, so Gusty, Gussie handballed me to Mario, but Mario is obviously very, very good at what he does. He's assessed me. Um, we'll see how we go, Jake. All I'm going to say is just never say never. Might find myself just <laughs> hobbling out there on Saturday, trying to uh, trying to contribute to us getting a home final. We'll see. But, have, but have you kicked four goals before? before you went off. Yeah, but I've got uh-huh. behinds as well or something. So it wasn't 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 the most accurate day I've ever had. I think I'm you had five scoring shots there. in the first quarter, didn't you? I'm not sure. What wasn't well, counting? All, it was all about getting the win. It's all about getting the win. <laughs> Anyway, but so yeah, so yeah, the the Blues we, we as Jake said, um, big game for us this week, and we're we're shaping up nicely heading into finals. And then the Whites, um, who who locked in finals berth on the weekend, will finish uh, fourth by the looks of things. Um, you played a bit of Whites as well, Jake. Do you want to give their summary as well? Yeah, the Whites. Um, it's it's been pretty pretty solid year for them. I think they started off a bit rough, but they've definitely picked up in the second half of the year, and I think. I'm pretty sure with that, yeah, that win on the weekend, they definitely sneak into the four. Um, so both teams confirm finals, and um, the yeah, the the whites. I don't know, like I think with with 
the section five thirds that anyone has a chance come finals time. So there's definitely some some raw talent in that team from what I've seen. Um, but I definitely think, you know, they can win it on their day. So it's very exciting. Do we, it is. Do we know with the finals if they're going to be on a Saturday or a Sunday, how that, how that works? We don't know yet. Um, I think what we do know is that the first week and potentially the second week of finals is your actual home ground. So obviously we talked about the girls they playing um, at a neutral venue. I think we get actual home finals. The implication of that is probably that you play a Sunday if there's teams already fixtured to play at home. So it might be a little bit dependent. Um, the, the other advantage I think that we have going into finals, particularly for the whites, is having the two teams in there means you can move players between the two teams. So qualification isn't as relevant. Um, and obviously with the strength of numbers and the strength we've got across all the teams this year, big advantage where you're, you're kind of getting to pick anyone who's, who's sort of left over um, rather than having to worry too much about qualification. So I think they'll go in with the strongest team they've had all year in, into the first week of the finals, which is obviously not a bad thing. Good. Exciting. The Resis talking about successful teams, probably not many more successful just about across the whole VAFA as our resis have been thus far this year. Um, Rob, Tom, you well, guys probably get to see him firsthand every week. Yeah, I suppose, it's, I suppose it speaks to the depth of the club that, you know, our women's reserves, men's reserves, like women's reserve on top, men's reserves on top, thirds possibly on top, and then our, um, our fourths, if you want to use that term, the whites, um, are going to make the four as well. So clearly a lot of depth for the club. And I think that's been the strength of the reserves team this year. You know, obviously the ones have had a lot of injuries at different times. We've had a lot of um, changes. Most weeks we'll have three or four changes and the reserves just stay real consistent, real strong. Guys pop up each week, play their role um, and get the job done. So, you know, it's been pretty exciting to watch. The ball movement's first class. And, and the last couple of weeks, we've got a few guys back from injury that have um, played reserves as well. I don't know, um, Liam, Liam Riley, for instance, played his first game on the weekend all season after breaking his ankle in the practice match. Um, he racked up the footy. Chris Campbell, uh, he's someone, Tommy, that, um, you know, obviously he's shown a lot. World's longest hamstring injury I think he's coming back from. But... <laughs> and that's coming from a professional. That's coming from someone that knows his trade. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the guys in Narry North also helping him out, getting him back in tip-top. So, yeah, Chrissy, I, I believe he did his hamstring all the way back in June 2021. Uh, <laughs> it took him back to June 2022 to, to come back. It was a, I must have been, um, you know, absolutely torn up the bone, I believe. So must have been pretty significant injury. And he, he went the non-surgical route and the non-rehab <laughs> route for a while, I think, too. So um, it took him a little while to get back, but good to have him firing now. And he looks real dangerous. And then he's got his um, his wingman, Aidan Noon, who bobbed up for six on the weekend, nuns. So he would have been pretty happy with that, wouldn't he, boys? Big horsey boy. Yeah, Noonie usually um, reserves his best game of the year for when he plays Monash, but... I think he just decided to put that away and um, took the boys under his wing and showed them how it was done. And Shawnee Wellsford was another guy that caught my eye last week. He, he'd been away for a little bit. He, he's just very powerful and explosive from stoppages. So he's someone that played a bit of um, reserves footy and senior footy. And then you've got, you know, guys that week after week 
big buddy Wellsford, Jez Wellsford running around, doing what he wants, swinging onto the left. Uh, you've got Ange Capello holding down the back line with Boyley. You know, just a, a lot of guys. Anyone else, Tommy, that's caught your eye? Yeah, Ethan Sherlock. Um, he's been good. He popped up into the seniors for a couple of games as well. Um, the I might I have to give him a little shout out. The, the McKenna, McKenna boys running around. McKenna brothers. <laughs> the the yeah. younger brothers. Um, yeah, just uh, all around the ground. Like it's it's literally hard to pick out individual performers because they're playing so well as a team. So the, big, must, the, must big test will, the big test will come round twenty one. We play Old Geelong again, and they're they're a team that's been undefeated in the reserves since we beat them in round two. So that's one to watch. Um, I think that's you know going to shape up as maybe um, game of the season. So, but yeah, really consistent. A lot of good footy. Um, Shawnee Campbell's done a great job with the boys this year, and a couple of close games as well. Um, I know they had a big blowout on the weekend, but a couple of close ones. Ivanhoe, Marcelin, the weeks before, um, in some pretty tough conditions where they um, grit their teeth and found a way to win, which is really good by them. Yeah, it's going to put them in good stead for the, the finals, I reckon. Absolutely. And the other side um, that is obviously at this point sitting sitting inside the four is the seniors. Um, so I think when we last spoke, there was it was starting to come together a little bit. But um, after a, a tough, couple of, tough couple of games, there's been a, a pretty good stretch of footy and the boys are sort of marching a little bit towards August or September when the finals actually fall this year. No idea, given there's about a million weeks in the season. Um, how, how are you guys feeling, especially after a, a nail-biting win on the weekend? Yeah, it was it was a nail-biter. We um, we probably let old Mentonians back into it a bit more than we'd like. And well, similar um, story, like conditions are tough and credit to the boys, found a way to win uh, when, it, when it was needed. So I must, must give a big shout-out to Big Source Wales for his game-saving... Um, rundown tackle on one of the uh, old Mentonians big men uh, with only a minute or two left on the clock. Um, did well the big time. And, and then expertly, you know, took his time, kicked it long down the lines. Good to see from a defender. And Tommy, as someone that obviously, you know, yourself who's known for his his chase down tackles, he must you must have been pretty proud of the young fella. Yeah, form is good. Um, I heard a few whispers that. Um, he was trying to get the nickname Red Silk going because he looked that quick. So. <laughs> we know that's already been um, trademarked at the club by our good friend Diggs. Um, but one thing I should mention, big change for the team has been um, Tom coming back in after breaking his hand earlier in the season. And we missed him for a few weeks there where we and a few sort of mid-sized forwards got, got hold of us. Um, Guy for Hampton kicked a bag against us, and a guy from Ivanhoe kicked a bag against us as well. So, uh, and Mentone and and Tommy um, had a has had a good go on a couple of those guys in the return bouts. So, how how how's your form, Tommy? You're obviously playing well. You, you're feeling confident and fit going to the last stage of the season. Yeah, it's been good to be back. It's it's never easy uh, watching from the sidelines. So definitely uh, increase that hunger um, to to get back out there. Um, especially when we started to drop a few games as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been good getting back out there and um, just trying to uh, bring a bit of leadership um, to the young back line. And it's been good having Wolves back out there as well. 
um, for that as well. So, yeah, I think just finding some consistency and being able to play across all four quarters has been what we've sort of tried to base it off um, in the seniors. So, and just take it one week at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Very cliche, yeah. <laughs> One thing I noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago, not particularly cliche, was the other time, Tom Warby just sort of awkwardly hanging off the back of the AFL recovery session, making its way onto the Fremantle social media feed. Did any of you guys catch that? It is sort of weird loitering sort of, you know, (laughs) in the water Sunday session. Caught, to be caught loitering at the back of um, the Fremantle recovery at St Kilda Seabass or cropped out of the recovery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and half naked as well, I must say. It was, it was interesting. I was standing about <laughs> away from him and they conveniently cropped me out. So um, Tom, Tom <laughs> owns him. But he didn't look out of place, I might add. I reckon he... Oh, he'd probably get a game with some of the, some of the rigs, you know. That, next to- that might be why they cropped you out, Rob. Because you did. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Harsh. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, he did make it. He was famous. It didn't take long. Obviously, there's a few people at the club that are following the Fremantle Football Club on Instagram because the run was the his Tom's phone was running pretty hot by the time got his coffee about ten minutes later. So the seat. St. St. Kilda Sea Baths or Alwood Beach on a Sunday, people do the extras. You'll see us down there. Uh, uh, very good, very good. And, and just quickly, um, before we, we move on to the last team, the the run home, obviously being a bit of a longer season by this week for the seniors, but then still a handful of games to go. How are you guys Five feeling? To go. Around, yeah, in terms of holding on to a final spot? Probably, probably need to win, I'd say, probably could only drop one or two games, I think, if you do the math. So there's the ladder predictor on the website if, you, if you're at home thinking about how the team's going to look. But, yeah, we probably can only afford to drop one or two. We play second, third, and sixth uh, in the run home. So we could probably only drop one or two of those and um, to make it. So... Parkdale, Hampton and Old Geelong will be really big games. And then um, Preston and uh, UHS are obviously fighting to avoid relegation. So they'll be, you know, tough as well. But um, hopefully we can get over those and play finals for the first time in a few years, which would be great. I think the team's building nicely. So I think we're playing close to our best footy at the, the right time of the year. Definitely reflects the shape of last season as well as the being a bit of a younger team. We kind of built as the season went on and obviously had the rug pulled out from under us with COVID. Um, so hopefully that momentum can continue. And then the other side, of course, we haven't mentioned yet, but um, similar story this year. Probably started a little slow, but it's kind of built and built as the season's gone on, and that's the under-19s. Um, they currently sit third on the ladder um, and are two games three games, four games, plus percentage entrenched in the in the finals at the moment. So obviously still a few games to go in their season, but looking very, very likely to play finals as well. Um, have you guys seen much of the 19s or any impressions around how they're travelling? They've got some big units rolling around there, so it doesn't surprise me they're doing well. Um, yeah, there's some good young guys coming through, so it's pretty impressive. Um, hopefully they can go deep into the finals. I think, I, I think they had a good, good, good win on the weekend. Heard um, a few boys 
had, had a good game, Boise and um, yeah, Lucky Stu and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think um, they're definitely capable if if they get to the finals of doing some serious damage. Um, but I did watch them one day a few weeks ago at Central and the same beads team they versed was pretty big. So hopefully, you know, they can get through them maybe later on if they end up versing them. Yeah, I think I think similar to the seniors, the 19s had a bit of a run, a bit of a spate of injuries there for a little bit. So I think they're starting to get a few guys back now. They're pretty integral to the team. So hopefully all things going well, they get a full bill of health before the finals and Oops. throw their weight around. Absolutely. I think when we, we last spoke to, uh, to Captain Matty Olbrecht, who came on the um, on, on the Nodcast, um, they, they, as you said, we're, we're waiting for a few guys back. Um, Maddie, of course, no surprises. As the, the, you go one way or the other after you come on, just a warning for you, Elise and Tom. You either get injured <laughs> the next week or you play the best football of your life. And I think Maddie's been best on basically every week since he came on. So hopefully you guys have that same luck. Um, Lockie Stewart, I think they've got back from injury, who who obviously was very dominant early and missed a bunch of games in the middle. So, um, yeah, let's let's hope they can continue that momentum heading into the finals. So that probably brings us to the last um, and, and most popular segment, of course, of the Nodcast, which is the Weekly Whispers. Um, yeah, we've had six weeks and there's five of us, so hopefully we've had our ears to the ground. There's plenty going on around the club. Um, I know Jake is absolutely itching to kick us off. He's been putting his hand up for the last 45 minutes since pretty much <laughs> we started talking. So, Jake, the floor is yours. Well, I'm going to start off with a ripper. This one's... From the ones team, his name rhymes with smooch. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he was raining at training, and he stayed in the rooms getting a rub down until the last drill, and then came out. <laughs> like, oh. I don't know what's going on there, but you know, a few few players, you know, gets into deep into winter, and they just can't hack it. Also. <laughs> So that, I think that's the same play that was a late withdrawal on the weekend and it happened to be raining on Saturday. So I don't know. Oh. Is it is it something to do with the perm as opposed to a is it just sort of is a lot of money that goes into that haircut? Well, and just set, getting rain in it. I don't know if you can yeah, let it get wet that close after having the, the curlers through. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. It's expensive. Like you wouldn't want to, I mean, and some of our women's players will know what it's like getting rain on your hair after you've just done it. Maybe he's just dealing with these sorts of challenges. Not worth the hassle. <laughs> this is like the, uh, the 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 fake tan prior to, um, which oh. we're going to have to deal with in a few weeks' time. But oh, actually, I guess you guys aren't because your season will be done. But the fake tan yeah. prior to, in fact, uh, rain is a very dangerous element to add on that day. Drinky tan. Jake, you've got any others for us? Yeah, um, my, my, my good friend Tom next to me, he's, he's got an absolute river here. I just read it out and I am cacking <laughs> myself, so I'm keen for this one. So I've got one, uh, actually one of the guys you just mentioned that's um, recently come back from a long-term injury uh, and has been playing well in the twos, kicking a few goals. He, I won't say who it is, last name, um, is not rhymes with, uh, but he's um, something to do with a famous brand of soup. Uh, and so he was actually in one in his comeback game. I think he was out there playing um, and getting 
um, into it. Obviously, having not been out on the field for a while, the aggression had built up a bit and the energy had built up. So there was, I think, a bit of uh, push and shove on the ground. And he actually uh, was involved and then his opponent started to walk away and he started yelling something, like as in said something to the guy, a bit of banter, trying to sort of get under his skin. And the guy didn't respond and just kept walking away, like credit to him. Um, he, um, good, good way to be. But anyway... So then he, he kept yelling at him and the um, guy still didn't turn around. So then it actually um, his opponent said to him, he's like, mate, he's actually deaf. Oh. <laughs> so he's yelling, he's yelling out at this deaf guy. He's got no idea. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, That's no. great. Um, well, good. Yeah. Good old point. <laughs> who's, who's up next? Um, I've I've got one, um, which is it's, this is actually one that's been I've known about this for a long time, and I've just never thought to bring it to the whispers. But it's a bit odd, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with it. Um, and because I, I'm gonna buck the trend and just say who it is. So there's a thirds player called Jamie Citraro, who those who've been around the club for a while will know very well. Loves a foam roller, um, loves his body in the summertime. Doesn't train with a shirt on. He has this really weird superstition that, and I don't ask me where or why or whatever, he wears, you know, is it like a garter, the thing that like a bride wears around her oh, leg on a wedding night? Yeah, yeah. He wears one of them around his ankle under his footy sock every game. Did he catch it at a wedding once? I don't know. Yeah, where why? I don't know. It, it, it came up like two years ago. He was taking his sock off and it fell out and everyone asked him. He's like, oh, I just wear it every game. It's my tradition. And I wouldn't, wouldn't share many more details than that. So very weird <laughs> sort of. Jamie married. Is he married? No, he's not married. No, so it's not from his own wedding. I mean, I'd love to I know where that's I haven't started. just. Um, hopefully, I haven't just sort of uh, leaked something <laughs> I shouldn't have. Yeah, but no, nah, that's yeah. So real weird. If anyone, if anyone knows why, please share it because it's a very odd case. Interesting. Well, my little whisper is that um, uh, you know a. Uh, a big supporter of the club. He's a he's an injured player. Um, currently, he's been known to be collecting fines. He had a little uh, <laughs> escapade to Singapore last week. Little three day trip to Singapore sounds pretty sus to me. So he he must have left another osteo to run his clinic um, while he was gone, but. Not many people go to Singapore for three days, and I don't know who, who that sort of cash surplus to to do that in this economy. So, anyway, not 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 over there visiting his brother Damo, was he? Oh, who's a loyal listener of the Nodcast, I should add. We, we, when we get the the geo tagging, you look at your listeners where they are around the world. There's just one from Singapore, which is a bit <laughs> odd. But his his brother does live there. I don't know if it's anything related to that. Well, possibly he went to see the Singapore uh, orchestra. I think I think he said um, the the Singapore Symphony Orchestra as part of this trip. So it sounds all pretty sus to me, but uh, <laughs> apparently that's where he, that's what he did the last few days. Hopefully, just getting his instrument tuned for the last post Anzac Day next year because we need him back. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Even though. I just remember we didn't mention who we're talking about. Um, Elise, have you got anything for us? Oh, I don't know if I've got any whispers. We've got a couple of weird superstitions. I know there's a couple of people that have to wear the 
exact same socks or the same. I know someone's worn the same pair of underwear for every single game they've played, and this is their fourth season playing. And I've heard their undies getting a little bit worse for wear, but they're very, very superstitious. But they can won't you na- be Can you name names on that or, or no at least way. give a, a nickname no. or something? A nickname? Yeah. I don't know if they've got much of a nickname. Well, you know them. You know them. Lise, obviously you've got two brothers that play at the club. I understand that one of your brothers, Jackson, has a superstition where he has to shave his legs every Friday night before before the game. Is that true? <laughs> it definitely used to be. We don't live in the same household anymore, so I'm not too sure. But Mitchell's just as bad. Mitchell usually gets a haircut um, every Friday afternoon. Jackson gives him a haircut. Um, I don't think Mitchell's been to a real barber in about three years, but he's pretty superstitious as well. Comes from my dad. My dad's way too superstitious. So we're all I'm assuming the, the haircut doesn't come from your dad, I'm guessing. No, definitely not. No, definitely not. He, he reckons he's got a little bit still going. We'll give it to him. Well, I didn't know Jackson actually had grown leg hair yet. So. <laughs> yeah. See? That's how good he is with his shape. And, and- I wouldn't even know. Did you follow Jux's kids on Instagram? Is that is that something? You... Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I don't even know who started that, but I do get a lot of uh, a lot of entertainment out of seeing Jux's kids on Instagram. Did he pick up his fashion advice from from you or mum or dad or where's the? Definitely Mitch? dad. Nah, no, no Mitchell. Mitchell wore fluoro yellow for a good ten years of his lifetime, so he's not our fashion icon. <laughs> um, nah, definitely my dad. Jackson's always been that kid. He loves an outfit. When he was little, he had to have the full kit for basketball. He was the kid that wore like the Jordan headband when he was like eight playing basketball. So he's always liked a little bit of a kit. So I think Any he definitely your- gets that from dad. Years? Pardon? Any of your, did you ever wander into your wardrobe to see, you know, try on your clothes? Oh, no, nah, that was definitely more of a Mitchell thing. Definitely more of a Mitchell thing, yeah. Jackson, not so much, but Mitchell maybe a couple of times. Very good. There you go. There is definitely something great about getting family members on this because they just pay out on each other. I'm just having visions of Ben Riley and Pete Riley um, from last year. So, no, very good. Um, Any others? Jake, Tom? Um, I've just got one more. Um, one One of the girls... Um, she well, we we had had a early home game on the Sunday. Um, she went out to a famous Melbourne establishment the night before that um, the name resembles another word for a gun. Um, and anyway, I, I thought <laughs> I thought she, you know, like she likes to party this this woman, but um, you know, I thought you know, game the next day she'll probably come home, get a little, get a few hours sleep. Anyway. <laughs> My alarm goes off to wake up to eat breakfast pre-game. Me and Nicola, um, you know, having our little brekkie and enrolls this this person. So, you know, goes straight to the game off no sleep and um, manages to, you know, get through. So that was pretty impressive. Did this person live with you? Or are you just oh, camping at the house? Can't <laughs> confirm. It might have been staying over somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Um, all right. Well, look, um, thanks very much, Elise and Tom, for uh, for joining us on the Noycast. It's been a pleasure having you and um, good luck for your respective teams for 
hopefully two final series over the coming weeks. And um, well done again for all the work you guys and the team are doing with the Wellbeing Committee. It's a um, fantastic initiative at the club. And I'm sure we'll all enjoy the benefits of yoga and everything else over the rest of the season and the years to come. So well done on that. Um, Rob, Jake, good luck. Enjoy your bye, Rob, on the weekend and good luck with your recovery as well. Um, we're not in a great state, actually, our family at the moment because you're injured, <laughs> I'm injured, and our other brother, Chris, who plays, did his thumb in a fight at our game a couple of weeks ago. He's still recovering from that. Um, he actually, he got it. It's, uh, this probably should have been a whisper, but he got it, um, like, in a scuffle he was on the bench and the guy he got was on the bench as well from the other team. So um, <laughs> if anyone from the VAF was listening, it wasn't a melee, but yeah, it was um, a bit of an annoying way to get injured. So yeah, good luck with your recovery and Jake um, look forward to seeing you out there on the weekend. Cheers, Steve. Yeah. Awesome to have the podcast back. So hopefully we can make it a bit more regular from now on. That's <laughs> it's, it's up to you, mate. It's all up to you. Just uh, <laughs> be easier to work with. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Thanks. There you guys. Cheers. Bye.